There will be live performances by Greg Labine and Christina Sheldon out of the Vancouver Adapted Music Society. You can stream online at CITR.ca. CFCR is proudly contributing content to Access Day 2019, courtesy of our original program, People with Disabilities Speak Out. Well, and just like that, we have this little second of pause between shows. So thank you, Monique, Mm -hmm. for your show that you just had on. Welcome to CFCR's Spoken Word Show, Civically Speaking. I'm your host, Lenora Swiston, and I've got some amazing guests in the studio for our recommencing of our small business entrepreneurial panel, women-only panel, which I think is an important uh, uh, note to make here. But before we get into there, I just wanted to give a shout out to my aunt, who's still in recovery uh, in uh, in St. Paul's Hospital. She's doing great uh, for folks that have been now following along and cheering my aunt, and also a shout Shout out to all of the babas and the grandmas and the nanas and everybody else out there. Um, be well out there in the world. Um, happy post-Mother's Day and happy gardening season to, to everybody because it, we finally have spring has sprung. Now all we need is some rain. I think that's the big thing that we need now. So I'd like to just start us off by having you each introduce yourself um, and just tell, tell our listening audience a little bit about yourself. Elizabeth She, and I'm a business writer and editor, um, and my company is Storytelling Communications, and so I work with small and medium-sized businesses to help them close more sales by communicating more effectively. I also work with new immigrants, uh, helping them land better jobs, and I'm interested in telling legacy stories of major companies and not-for-profit groups. Jeez, I think I want to hire you. <laughs> there you go. I think I want to work with you. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Uh, I'm Ashley Mattern, and uh, I'm the co-owner of Vireo Productions, which is a website and marketing company, and also the co-owner of PlaySask Sports and Recreation, which is an adult uh, sports league here in Saskatoon. Sounds like fun. It is. <laughs> And I'm Monica Kruger, and um, I'm the founder and CEO of Global Infobrokers, and we own the Praxis School of Entrepreneurship and Praxis International Institute. And our focus is really to help people get launched and uh, get get their companies started, and we've just um, launched our next uh, level of programming, which helps companies grow. Awesome. And I mean, all three of you have been on CFCRs. Uh, civically speaking before. So thank you for coming back because this really is a, a commitment that I made to having panels through the year of 2019 so that we can, you know, have an ongoing bit of a conversation. So Elizabeth, I'm going to have you start us off because you had some ideas that you wanted to share um, coming on to the air. So please share share a little bit of those ideas. Well, I think I, w- I joined you last a couple of years ago with Ashley Mattern and we were talking about some of, um, I guess, some of the challenges challenges of entrepreneurship. Um, And I spoke there about how I have a a history with uh, mental health issues. And so I approach entrepreneurship as somebody with a disability. Um, And I think that that can create some very particular kinds of challenges. Um, I know, uh, for instance, uh, just when I've been building my business uh, that I've run in some form since 2011, I've had a lot of challenges with red tape. There's been a lot of GST and PST kind of issues. And, you know, you ask for, for the person you talk to to put something in writing. So if you're audited, you'll be safe. And they act like you've asked the world of them. Um, and so they direct you to policy manuals and you read pol- or policy you know, reports and you read them and have more questions than you did when you started. So there are issues like that, for sure, that, uh, that are, you know, red tape kinds of issues. Um, 
And I'm also I'm really grateful that disability supports are available for people with mental health issues like I have, uh, but they often don't have very clear policies on the financial implications of you know what clients with disabilities experience and are dealing with as entrepreneurs. So I remember last fall when I was uh, actually a student in Monica's program, the, the Start Smart program, and I was rebuilding my business and rebranding and all of that, and it took literally more than eight calls to get any kind of response from the federal disability program. And then basically they said, we don't really know how to advise you on, you know, your, your, uh, the formation of your business. Um, you know, you'll just sort of have to work that out. And, you know, this, th- that is not a, a productive um, kind of dialogue to be having. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, thank you for sharing that, because sure. it takes courage to share some of these things. I know often as small business owners and entrepreneurs, there's a pride factor in some mm. ways about not wanting to show the, the challenge about it. It's like because yeah. you don't want your people to think of your business in a negative way. And That's so right. I appreciate you sharing that. Ashley, I know you had some thoughts too, you know, coming on to today's show. Would absolutely. you like to share? Yeah, absolutely. And I, I, I can totally um, agree with Elizabeth's comments there about red tape and the challenges of setting up a business. Setting up a business is, you know, running these two businesses has been the biggest challenges of my life. I've enjoyed it completely, but it is very difficult. And I think there is kind of that culture of um, only sharing the best parts of your life with social media. Um, and, you know, it's I think it is important to talk about some of the the hard things. Uh, although I, I do come to this conversation a little bit with some uh, positivity in mind, I guess, because I've had such a great experience um, running these businesses. Uh, they've been, you know, one is four years old, the other two years old. Um, so relatively new, but the support that I've been getting from the community, from friends and family um, has been fantastic. And I feel like there's really a spirit of entrepreneurship in society. Saskatchewan and that people like supporting local businesses and it, and the response I got, you know, getting these businesses started um, has been very positive. People want to know about it. They want to hear about it. They want to help out, right? Yeah. And I've, I've really enjoyed um, the experience so far. Well, that, that's great to hear too. I mean, you're both, you're bringing a bit of a balance into the equation mm-hmm. here too, in terms of Elizabeth mm-hmm. sharing some of the, the challenges that you've had mm-hmm. in terms of starting a business, but yourself also recognizing that there's a lot of positivity out there in Saskatchewan today, which is really great to hear. Monica, what would you like to add to this conversation? Well, um, you know, things are much different today than when I started, like we're 29 years old. <laughs> this year, you still and, look uh, twenty nine. <laughs> and when we started, uh, I mean, the word entrepreneur wasn't even used. So, and really, the word entrepreneur has only been used for the last ten, fifteen years, really. And uh, so, I think that the supports that have developed, the entrepreneurial um, systems that are out there, the ecosystem is really um, matured. There's lots of supports. There's lots of supports for startups. Um, as Ashley was talking a little bit earlier um, before we started in the show here, the support for the growth-oriented business is a little bit harder to find, uh, especially if you're outside of the tech sector. So I think that there's quite a bit left to be done to help companies go from, you know, the small one, two, three-person company to something that's even 10 people. You know, if we, I, I talk often that if we were to take sort of 10% of our small businesses in Saskatchewan and 80% of the over 100,000 are small, and you take 8,000 of those and double the size, um, that's another, you know, eight to 15, 20,000 jobs. So 
Um, I think we have work to do now to take those startups, make sure they're sustainable, and then help them decide what's the growth agenda for them. And the growth agenda for them, I don't believe, has to be just dollars and cents. I don't believe it has to be we're going to, you know, have 42 more jobs and, you know, $500,000 more in profit or whatever. I think it's also helping them define what their vision is of their impact in their community and in the world. And I think that we, we have a lot more work to do there to define what that looks like. And then how do we get there? Because our metrics today aren't in that space. They're mm-hmm. very much defined around jobs and dollars. So I think we have a lot of work to do. Mm-hmm. Ashley, you want to add to that? Yeah, I, I, I you know, um, I mentioned that one of my businesses is four years old, the other is two years old, both are doing really well. Um, and I had a lot of support at the beginning of those businesses. I went to uh, Square One, I went to Women Entrepreneurs of Saskatchewan, they really helped get them off the ground. But now I'm getting into a, a position with these businesses where I am needing more than startup support. You know, I'm, I'm running into some of those red tape issues, for example, um, and it would be really nice to have, you know, more programming or, or support for learning how to go from these first steps to yeah. something larger, because we really want our businesses to be 29-year-old businesses, right? Yeah. That's the ultimate goal. But right now, it's, it's, it's very intimidating. I, I, I think I can do it, but I would love to have more of that support. Yeah. Elizabeth, to add to that? Thank um, you, Ashley. Yeah, I guess I... I kind of bring to the table a perspective about what it's like to have a, a disability when you're when you're growing as an entrepreneur and growing your company. Um, and they're, I'd say, midstream or, or approaching midstream for me. There really isn't a lot out there either. Um, there is Ensilk, a group that I need to give a shout out for. They're a not-for-profit group, the Northern Saskatchewan Independent Living Centre. And since about 2011, they've offered me help with my bookkeeping, and I've been so incredibly grateful because when your profit margins are so small and you're, you know, you really can't afford to be writing checks to your an, an accountant before you have you know, real money coming in. Um, but, but that group, you know, they have an energetic and committed staff, but uh, they deal with really limited funding. And frankly, the, the, um, the microloan program they have, I know I've spoken to Monica about this in the past, the largest loan they can, they can give out is $2,000. Well, if someone with a disability is starting or, or, or you know, midway running a, a successful IT business and they need um, a business vehicle to make house calls, how are they going to do that on 2000 Dollars, and mm-hmm. you know it's not realistic, mm-hmm. and it must be so frustrating for the people who are involved in those not-for-profit groups. Seeing people like me frustrated with the system, coming back, you know, a few months later, or trying to trying to find a way to make it work, um, I think that must be frustrating for them as well. You know, I, I'll interject here. You know, and, and part of this conversation, though, is that I think. I think we shouldn't be having to be apologetic mm-hmm. for asking for supports, you know, in terms of, yeah. of being businesses. I mean, I was just looking at the paper today. There's, you know, there are large businesses that get tax abatements and the whole bit so they mm-hmm. can do their development. So asking for some supports just to, for, for, you know, small micro ventures and small business trying mm-hmm. to move up into mid business, however that's defined from an impact, I think is, is, something not to be too apologetic for. And I think, you know, it leads to another question that I have. Something that we discussed just briefly before we came in the room was the stat, you know, a statistic around how many women there actually are in small and mid-sized businesses. And Monica, we know the stat of small business as being part of kind of the economic, you know, as we want to say, 
engine of Saskatchewan yeah. is high, right? Yeah. But when we look at the stat of how many women there are that are actually operating small and mid-sized businesses, Ashley, what was the stat it, that we learned? It was uh, 15% in Canada. This was a number from StatsCan, and so that's compared to 64% uh, male-led. So 15% female-led, 64% male-led. Yeah. I mean, it tells you there's a lot of room for growth amongst women in terms of giving support to women so they can feel empowered enough to want to be involved in, in small business. So, you know, when, when we hear that as a stat, what does that trigger for, for some of the things that we need to maybe still do, Monica? Um, well, one of, the, one of the things that pops out, and I've mentioned this before on your show mm-hmm. before, is I think we need to be looking at what other models of business are there. You know, we, we sort of have had a traditional model forever. You know, you have revenues and you have expenses and you have staff and, you know, everything has CRA attached to it. Yeah. Um, but what other types of models of businesses are out there? Are there groups of, of, you know, entrepreneurs that can get together and form a collective and maybe somehow work together, support each other, um, provide backup to each other? You know, we've got... Uh, common, you know, like uh, organ- uh, places where people can go and rent co-working, a space, yeah. but co-working, but I'm, I'm talking the next level, like mm-hmm. collaborating together to work almost like all independently, but in, in a collective, like let's look at some new models. Those models I think would, would work really well for women. Um, and, and, but, but our models have all been older and they've all been based more on a male designed business structure. Mm-hmm. So what could we bring to the table that would be different that would support women in wherever they're at, right, to build their entrepreneurial capacity at whatever level they can provide it at different stages of their life. And if you've got a group, I think there would be some, you know, more ease to that. I think we also need to find a way to give better voice to the small business. Um, We've got great organizations. I'm a chamberholic. Most people (laughs) who know me know that. I believe the chamber is uh, a great voice for business. There are other business organizations. But, you know, small business doesn't have time to get to the table to say what their concerns are. So Elizabeth has said red tape. Well, what does red... We've said red tape forever. What does red tape mean? Well, red tape for a small business is incredibly different than red tape for a large business. So when you go and you lobby to have changes made to red tape, um, we have to have the perspective of the small business at the table. So how do we make that happen in a more effective way? We haven't figured that out yet either. Mm-hmm. Ashley, I see you nodding. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. Um, I, I love the idea of different structures of businesses um, and that idea of like collaboration is an, is an exciting idea. Um, the idea that, you know, uh, people can get together and build something new by combining um, really different backgrounds. That's super. And I I would love to see more of that in the industry. And I also think um, business, I I would love to see more women in business because it's it's really um, an empowering thing to run a business and and to see that uh, change that it can make in the world. Mm. Um, And I think too, businesses, uh, what I found anyway, is that uh, women uh, support each other within within the businesses. So I, I often have female entrepreneurs coming to my website company 
um, because they want to work with another woman on a website, right? Mm -hmm. So I think there there's opportunities for that as well, that mm -hmm. kind of uh, kinds of co collaboration. I, I don't know exactly how we will do that or what it will look like, but but I love that conversation. Mm -hmm. Elizabeth, I think to we have to, to yeah, I think we have to work past our fear on that because Ashley and I have for a number of years, along with our our colleague Julie Barnes, have had a, a women writers group that's met every is it usually once a month, Ashley, about um, and there have been opportunities for collaboration there, and yet nothing has taken off. And so I'm thinking Ashley and I have to go and co-write something and produce it or whatever, before, <laughs> yeah. you know, to kind of lead the way a little bit. Um, I, I think different perspectives really drive innovation. And so absolutely, um, you know, women entrepreneurs, I mean, we just have to be louder and and take take risks when, when the environment tells us or, you know, when we have fear or when people surrounding us say, oh, be cautious, you know. There, there seems to be quite a narrative out there that entrepreneurship is so risky. And I think, you know, is it really terribly risky? There are so many ways to train as an entrepreneur. I mean, we have the Praxis School of Entrepreneurship. We have other uh, forms of training available. You know, there are opportunities. Um, I, yeah, I, I guess I, I hesitate. I hesitate in a, in a sort of unhappy kind of way when, when I hear people say, oh, you know, you're giving up a pension plan to do this kind of thing. I want to I wanna, then thank you for sharing. I want to put a question out to you because it's one that I've been pondering and, and Monica, you kind of touched on it a little bit and it's this whole perception that business is business somewhere over here and that there's and I've come up against this this week anybody that's been following the news the northeast swale is something that came up and there I am volunteering as a as a, a representative on an advisory committee and I'm speaking as the chair of that committee on on an on an issue within our city and you know and then you get other folks that are representing business organizations and it, and it's coming out like as if it's this monolithic here's this business organization that's representing all interests of business, you know, at the same time, I guess you would say, too, you know, here I am representing, you know, heritage, in this case, interests, and that it's all monolithic, when in fact, I think there's a little bit more to that story that we need to be flushing out. And so, you know, what's your thoughts when you've come out and shared with people that you are you know, operating your own business, because I think there's a perception sometimes that all business a lot of times is the same. And I know, Monica, you've, you've shared this. I mean, small business is very different, but, you know, what's some of the ways of getting, we've talked about messaging in that, but what, there's a reason why I keep having this, these kinds of shows. It's like that we need to kind of get underneath a little bit of this to, to really explore what this means. So when we start to unpack that, what else does this mean for us? Big question, uh, yeah, but you know, I, you know, I think it's time for an integrative approach to our community. <laughs> like, like business isn't on one side, and mm. residential on another, and nonprofit someplace else, and heritage someplace else. Like, we're one big community, and neighbors, you know, work for a large company, mm -hmm. or they work for a small company, or they're self-employed out of their own home, or whatever. We, you know, as a community, we have to be thinking about how do we advance our whole community in the interest of the community as a whole, right? And that's a different way of getting along and having conversation. It shouldn't be combative and, you know, uh, you know that sort of there is only one size pie and everybody has to have a piece. That's such an old concept and it just doesn't make any sense. We know that, you know, we, we are constantly building more by coming together and when we're apart, we have less. That's just how it works and everybody knows that. So I'm not sure why we're working with these old 
methods and models. It mm. makes no sense to mm. me. Ashley, do you run up against any of this kind of conversation in your circles? Uh, yeah, I think so. Um, I, I think there's there is a lot of misconceptions about uh, about entrepreneurship. I, I think there are many people who are not entrepreneurs just haven't given it a lot of thought. Um, and so I have had some pretty interesting conversations with people who are have that sort of oh that's very risky kind of attitude or you know what or thinking of business as like this uh, kind of monolithic thing and not recognizing that there can be other structures. Um, I, I guess I go into those conversations pretty enthusiastically yeah. and optimistically, yeah. and I and I try to clear the air a yeah. bit. Um, you know, I think with um, the idea that business is risky, you know, having a job is risky too. You, there's not as much security in a lot of jobs um, at, that people think there is, right? And, and as an entrepreneur, I actually feel more secure because yeah. I can make sure that I have the savings I need to protect myself. Yeah. Elizabeth? Unhappiness can be a huge form of risk. If you're unfulfilled in your career, your health goes downhill. You know, I mean, those are, yeah, that's that's a really important insight, I want to put actually. that on a t-shirt. That's yeah. a good one. <laughs> Thank yeah. you, Elizabeth, for yeah, that. Sure. Yeah, anything else you'd like to add um, to this? I guess just in terms of innovation and, you know, approaching entrepreneurship with new models or different ways of looking, I do think that there's something to bring to the table from, uh, you know, from entrepreneurs who have disabilities. Um, Canadian Rich Donovan, he's written a book called Unleash Different, Achieving Business Success Through disability. And he talks there about how actually 53% of the world's population is touched by disability. So it's either someone who has a disability or they're supporting people, someone who does. And, you know, he talks about how, um, you know, 1.3 billion people in the world have some form of disability. So it's the world's largest emerging market. Mm -hmm. And I think it's something we're just barely beginning to talk about. And in that book, he talks about, you know, Google and Pepsi and Nordstrom and how they're, you know, they're hiring people um, with disabilities as employees. But what about as, you know, for us to work as entrepreneurs mm -hmm. and we're not necessarily about google and pepsi you know we're mm -hmm. about um you know smaller businesses which is the story of saskatchewan mm -hmm. well and thank you for that and again mention the name of the author in the yeah, book uh, rich donovan mm -hmm. and the book is unleash different uh, achieving business success through disability that's awesome yeah. well for those that are just tuning in this is civically speaking and i have three wonderful guests here monica uh oh my goodness <laughs> ashley <laughs> yeah thank you i'm going to just start making up names on the radio show and elizabeth so thanks to all three of you for coming on kind of in this next round i want to pick up again on this little bit of a strand because it's needling me a little bit and it's often this whole notion that if you are a entrepreneur that that's all you can be you know and i think that there's often a it does speak to these multiple roles. You've got two businesses that you're operating. I know Monica's got different sides of her business, myself as well, and Elizabeth, you as well. Mm -hmm. And this whole notion of these other models that are in the making, I think in some ways we probably already are having some of those models in the making informally. If we start to look at like what are some of the things that we can do in community or community can do better to support it, when we talk about you know how to get out of the silos of there's a business there, and so if you, you can't be a business, you can't be a volunteer, which we know isn't true at all. Most are, you know, and in fact, surpass. So what are some of those additional supports that we could look in our community of Saskatoon right now? What do you think would be kind of some of those things that we could look to? Elizabeth, you want to jump in here? <laughs> Heavy question, but yeah, I mean, sometimes top of mind question. is the best way to go. Yeah, um, I just think having more opportunities to talk openly about disability mm -hmm. would be huge so that the, the stigma starts to wear away a bit. It's surprising how much stigma still persists, uh, and I meet that you know pretty regularly in some form or other. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
Yeah, one thing idea that we've been discussing a lot in our businesses is how to create a community within our business and around our business. Mm-hmm. Um, we're we're exploring some different ideas on how to do that, but you know that's what a business is in the end. It's it's not just uh, customers. It's not just clients. It's people who come back again and again because there's something of value there. And sometimes the value is, you know, the connection between customers and clients. And, you know, also just like creating that, that sense of supporting something bigger, um, which I think is also an idea that's largely in volunteering as yeah. well. Yeah, and I, I totally agree with that. That um, you know, you you can do, you can be multiple things. You can do multiple things. Everyone belongs to m- many different communities, um, and yeah, that's it's a. I think it's a fascinating idea to 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 explore. I, I I'm still exploring it, so I yeah. don't have solid yeah. um, you know answers right now. But but it's a it's a great um, direction that I think companies are going in. Mm-hmm. Monica, um, I. I'll pick up on that too, because I still, you know, coming back to how do we measure, you know, our impact, how do mm-hmm. we measure um, success and what does that mean? And um, I think that, you know, I've, I've way back when I did my MBA, I talked about, you know, redefining profit and profit really is, you know, where you're contributing, you're, you, you have more than what you started with. You There's mm-hmm. value that's been added. So if we use that same metric for, you know, um, anybody that's worked for you, when they leave your employ, they need to go richer than they were when they first came. Any customer that you've touched needs to walk away with more richness than when they came. Your community needs to be richer as a result of you being there. Your suppliers need to be richer. Like if we think about all of the places we touch, like you just talked, and we then say, how do we measure that? That's our impact, right? It isn't just we made money this year. And we made 10% more than last year. It's we enriched our community. We enriched the people that work with us, that work for us. We enriched our collaborators. You know, if you contribute back more always than you get, we always have a richer community. So I think that's part of how we, we have to figure out how to, how to put that into the metrics as opposed to just, yeah, I was, you know, had 10% more profit this year than last year and mm-hmm. whatever, right? Mm-hmm. I think that's a whole other mm-hmm. a whole other way we have to look at it. And the other thing I think we need to do as an entrepreneurial ecosystem. So yes, I'm a private company, but I'm part of the 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 system that helps start and grow companies mm-hmm. is the system itself needs to really come together. There you know, I think we have this we we connect, we have some meetings, we do a few things together, but we really haven't truly come together and if unless you come together out of the silos unless you come together and say you're really good at that we're really good at that we're really good at that but here's some gaps and this is what the entrepreneurs are telling us here's a gap here's a gap here's a gap in disability funding for disabilities for entrepreneurs um, here's a gap in growth training and support here's a gap in funding for um, a non-tech company Mm -hmm. like if unless we actually sit down and take an inventory and then say now let's work together to fill the gaps we're going to continue to work in silos like we've done forever elizabeth i see you nodding on that and thank you for that well i just think that what monica describes is a sort of a whole living breathing way of life and that for me i think is what entrepreneurship needs to be but we don't hear this very often um, you know, and I think we look to Monica and I look to Ashley to find out what's really going on in the community, but also that sort of sense of a broader picture. And 
why is all the, you know, why is the resistance that we meet? Why is it worthwhile keeping on with the fight? Mm-hmm. You know, Ashley. Yeah, I, I think that's a beautiful way to de- describe that community, um, that sense of community. And I love the idea of filling, working together to fill gaps. Um, and yeah, I think, you know, one thing that people often say to me when I start describing my businesses is, um, you're, oh, you're so busy. How do you have time for anything? But, you know, I really love what I do. And so Elizabeth mentioned that way of life. Um, and I think that that's what entrepreneurship is to me. It's really a way of life. And I love every minute of it, even if it means I'm, you know, working some late nights, you know, (laughs) to me, that's not really work. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, no, and thank you for that. That was a great round of, of contemplation. I know, you know, I, I, Part of what I'm also thinking about here in, in asking the question is like in our community of Saskatoon, have you envisioned anything in terms of hard or, or you know, soft supports, but in terms of kind of things that the city itself could do to help small business and entrepreneurship more? We, I mean, what we've heard lately is around the tech and that we are... You know, we are a city of tech and we want to support that. We see the abatements and that going towards, you know, development going on in the city. But is there anything that you could see the city helping to mobilize in terms of small business? And one of it might be, you know, um, um, share some of the metrics on some of the business licensing and the breakdown of that in terms of how it plays out maybe better than what we know now or or at least broadcast what's already there that we don't know was out there already. I think really simply, which I don't think would take a lot, would be for a city council to, or a city to, you know, have somebody in charge of um, uh, two things, knowing how to work with City Hall on getting the proper licenses, permits, and everything else. And secondly, having access to procurement opportunities for small businesses, not for just the larger ones who can spend the bazillion hours to fill out an RFP application like there's got to be a bunch of smaller things that smaller companies can do without dedicating two weeks to writing a proposal because they don't have time Mm -hmm. and if they don't have time they don't have time to get the contract they don't have time to get the expertise then uh, within the city hall to doing the work which then leads to more work yeah any last thoughts by the two views we wrap up into the last minute I just feel more hopeful as an entrepreneur when, <laughs> yeah. when we have these discussions, Lenore. Which is awesome. And Ashley, mm-hmm. anything to add? Yeah, uh, well, I, I hope we can keep having these types of conversations. And I, and I also think, like, largely in, in general, we should all, as entrepreneurs, be talking about how we can fill those gaps. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, for sure. You know, and I, I have to throw this one last idea out that I've had. You know, we have maker spaces where people can mm-hmm. go and make. We've got some great of that mm-hmm. happening. We have a farmer's market, you know, and as, as many challenges as a farmer market has it's an awesome thing that we have out there what if we gave space as an as an as an incubator for entrepreneurial space but as public space where you could just convene mm-hmm. as opposed to just like as an incubator like mm-hmm. in ideas but something that's just public where you just show up just like a library maybe mm-hmm. it's part of the library oh, you know cool libraries out there that have there is that. well you know and amazing. i mean and that's that's yeah, kind of what was spurring amazing. me in is creating amazing things through the use of public amenity mm-hmm. in your public in your public space idea. so there's my great last idea. little thought so <laughs> i'd be there so yeah, for sure Introduce yourself as as a goodbye with your business, so that if people want to check out who you are and the businesses that you're operating, okay. one little plug here. Uh, well, sure. Uh, you can find out more about my services at storytellingcommunications.ca. 
And your name again for Elizabeth She. There you go. And I'm Ashley Mattern. I run Vireo Productions websites and marketing company and also play Sask Sports and Recreation. Awesome. Yeah. Monica Kruger, uh, Global Info Brokers and Praxis School of Entrepreneurship, Praxis International Institute. Awesome. So there you go. You've got three women entrepreneurs that are on today's show talking about kind of the state of small business and entrepreneurship in Saskatoon and beyond and giving some really cool ideas. Thanks for coming on to today's show. Up next is the USSU show. And next week, we've got the Saskatoon View coming back as a panel talking about what's the latest and going on in City Hall and beyond. Take care, everyone. Have yourself